What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars, and that will uh, propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more visibility on the national and international levels, uh, helping strangers find the podcast. It's just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and uh, appreciate the hell out of all, all the people that have already taken the time to do so. It only takes a few minutes. It's a free way to, uh, to help grow this thing. So uh, do that if you have the time. And uh, you can check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances as well as live show performances. And uh, you can click subscribe there as well if you want to find out when, when new videos hit the feed. DanCablePresents.com is the uh, the central location to find everything. That new episode pops up there every Friday. But uh, if you just click subscribe wherever you're listening to, then uh, the new episode will will appear in your feed whenever it's available on that uh, on that fine Friday. Other than that, it's at DanCablePresents on Instagram. That's where I'm most active on the social medias and uh, at DanCable on Twitter, and I will put all the links in the episode notes for myself and my guest of uh, this week's episode, Roger the Rover. Stoked to uh, share the conversation I had with uh, with Brendan, who is the uh, the mind behind the uh, the Roger the Rover music project. Really enjoyed this chat, getting to, to talk with this dude about where his music comes from, and uh, I've definitely been digging in to his uh his tunes quite a bit over the last uh i don't know month or so i guess when i when i found them i featured the song letters which is the title track to his uh his record um on a playlist episode a couple weeks ago and um was stoked to have the opportunity to get to uh to chat it up with him and uh i also uh I had to play that song again in this episode just in case somebody didn't hear the playlist episode because it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorites in, in his catalog of tunes. So went ahead and uh, featured in this episode as well. So we will get into my chat with Brendan very, very shortly. I hope everybody is uh, is hanging tough out there under these, uh, these new circumstances and, and times of needing to stay at home as much as possible. I feel fortunate that I have to go to a day job still in which I have no contact with customers and it's a, a very low amount of employees that we have at this current time, so not huge concerns on that end, but it is nice that I'm not really trapped inside every day and kind of have somewhere to go for five or six hours to occupy my time, but 
we are operating some under under some short hours, so that has allowed me some more free time to uh, to dig into some things. Definitely been trying to make a new DJ mix every day and just trying to get better at that and uh, just also enjoying things slowing down a bit, trying to take advantage of that and and uh, doing the podcast thing. Did uh, There's a new podcast coming out, a new episode of my Bible Buds podcast that I do with my buddy Andrew Harrison, who has been a guest of this show in the past, most recently the Blue U episode. But Andrew and I, we do this podcast called Bible Buds where we get pretty baked and, and kind of pretty much just do a Bible study. Neither of us identify as Christians or um, at this moment in our life, but uh, we, we both grew up with some religion in our life and uh we're just kind of revisiting it now and where we're at with it and uh just kind of having fun with it and and screwing around but we had uh this this newest episode that's going to drop on sunday we had a guest for the first time which is something we've been trying to do for a little while and it's gotten tricky because of uh the new quarantine situation so we're trying to do these remote ones but we had our first guest it was my cousin rob granfelt my my dude um love that guy so much he's been on many episodes of this podcast in the past and and uh someone that uh yeah he's just one of my favorite people in the world and and we had him on and we did a three-hour banger <laughs> we really dug in to some stuff and rob had uh some really cool stuff to to talk about his experience of growing up and going to catholic school and and his uh his divergence from religion and whatnot in the um as time went on so really cool chat with him really stoked about that so i don't know if if you're into theology at all or you just want to hear some some stoned stoner ramblings about um bible verses bible buds is where it's at and you can find it wherever you're finding this i'm sure it's definitely on on the itunes and whatnot but yeah, it's been cool to get to uh, figure out how to keep doing these podcasts. Uh, really stoked about the chat that I had with Haley Johnson last week. Uh, Haley is such an incredible songwriter, and and she's such a kind person. Every time, every every time I've gotten to hang out or talk with Haley, she's just the nicest person. So uh, definitely check out her new live from Abbey Road, live from London sessions that that she just put out um go back and listen to last week's episode very cool really trying to dial into this 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 phone situation so that we're not always just hearing a phone feed on the other end and that's what we got last week with Haley she was able to record her end and i really appreciated that and brendan uh was um as far as i know able to record his uh his end as well if not we really got a, a really excellent phone feed this time which is is nice as well so i'm trying to uh you know i'm trying to get with the uh the time of what's going on right now and and try to get some clean feed so it doesn't feel like you just have to listen to a phone conversation which isn't i don't know i guess the worst thing in the world but it's just uh it's just nice when things still sound nice and crisp even though we're not in the same room and uh you'd probably never know if i if i didn't give you that information now but then you would think that i wasn't practicing social distancing and i was just having conversation with strangers for no reason at this time so uh that's not what happened brendan's in california currently 
and I'm up here in Portland, Oregon. And I appreciate the fuck out of all of you for tuning into this thing. I want to give a quick shout out to Vortex Music Magazine because they're really dope. And they're a magazine out of here, out of Portland, Oregon, that uh, I get to contribute to from from time to time. And there's uh, there's going to be a new physical copy four times a year. They do a, a physical magazine. Everything else is done on the online platform and through a YouTube channel that they produce some videos for. Um, they produce a, a bunch of the Pickathon interview videos from the Pickathon Music Festival. They produce those that I get to do, which is great. And uh, over the past few years, I have uh, done a bunch of different video premieres in which uh, I've done some write-ups. So it's really cool to have a place where I get to uh, contribute some writing. And uh, their next physical magazine was set to hit at the end of April. I think it's going to get pushed up back a little bit due to... Uh, everything going on but i'll keep you posted on it um but i'll put the link for vortex in there as well and uh, they do um really great work with music portland who is always trying to uh empower the uh the the artists the musicians of portland oregon and helping them uh get things that they need the support that they need and and loading zones things as simple as that or uh you know they're they're doing a big campaign to keep track of uh, all the lost wages of the musicians at this time in the city so so great work that they're doing and i'm gonna uh put the link for that as well for you to check out and uh and then we're gonna we're gonna do this thing we're gonna get into episode 208 um Really been digging the Roger the Rover music. There is um, these imperfect qualities, these raw, this rawness that I appreciate so much in this. Um, and I think it just captures this energy that feels like the original ideas of the songs are very much in there and don't get lost in a bunch of production. And, and maybe uh, you sacrifice some perfection in those moments. And I think this is a great example of how that can be done in in a tasteful way and uh we talk about pine grove in this episode they're one of my favorite bands and i definitely got those vibes right away when i found roger the rover and um yeah just really cool to link up with a stranger to to get to do this podcast and and just talk to uh a really cool person about their music and and it's uh it's really rad when someone just kind of opens up about their story and and where they come from a bit is uh it's always kind of blows my mind that people are willing to do it and uh i just really appreciate brendan's time and and would encourage you to check out his videos that he's got up on his youtube and and just check out more of his music if you if you like what you hear the links will be in the episode notes can't stress the importance of those uh, iTunes reviews enough if you've got the time to do it. And we're going to get into the thing. Episode 208, Roger the Rover on the podcast. We're going to kick it off with a track off of Roger the Rover's Letters record. It's the first track on the album. It's called Roads. Let's do the damn thing.
How's it going, man? It's going well, Dan. How are you doing? I am doing all right. I appreciate you jumping on the line with me. I of course found out about your your music through some sort of sponsored Instagram post. I'm assuming maybe you geared it towards people that like Pine Grove or something like that. <laughs> and maybe that's how that's it popped guess. into my feed. That's That was uh, maybe what I put together earlier today after uh, I know I, I had said something when I played letters on that playlist episode a couple of weeks ago. I had mentioned that it 
immediately kind of gave me those uh, those Pine Grove vibes. And you said that was mm-hmm. definitely a uh, a band that has influenced what you're doing for sure. Yeah, I think uh, they were definitely huge um, when I was back home. Uh, when I was, you know, trying to, I guess, as a songwriting. Uh, format or just kind of procedure of how to go about things. I really liked, um, they were for sure an influence. They definitely had the aesthetic of something more ethereal or something more, um, you know, unrelated to music in a sense. It always felt like I had to go and do something when I listened to them, you know, just kind of like walk outside. And obviously, especially a lot of their earlier works, um, it was kind of that emo folk vibe, uh, but at the same time, it was uh, very much centered around positivity. And, you know, I, I think because uh, that was about like 2016 to 2018 when I finally graduated high school. Um, yeah, I think that that was a good shaping. There was definitely shaping bands before that. Um, but I think around that time, especially, uh you know, after I found out about Cardinal when that had like released, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, man, this is different." Yeah, yeah. So for sure, they they definitely uh, shared their part in uh, how, especially the letters Roger the Rover songs have turned out. Um, but yeah, no, they're they're super interesting too. Super weird, but you know, <laughs> yeah. There's there's this uh, weird balance of kind of complexity and and simplicity all at the same time going on with yeah the <laughs> stuff you know and oh, for definitely sure. living in in sort of that like emo folk world of some sort and kind of bending <laughs> some genres and uh yeah dude that's a band that i got turned on through an artist that came on this podcast a long time ago when i first started it and oh, no uh, my friend has a band called the co-founder that's now based out of oakland and and they also have some of those those feels and vibes, but they told me about Pine Grove, and I I've been hooked on that band ever since, and definitely has become something I've been listening to a lot the last two or three years for sure. Always in the rotation. Yeah, no, they and I think too, um, uh, especially I I'm from the state of Virginia. Although New York State was a very good guess with, uh, <laughs> with uh, especially the Letters record, definitely a lot of uh, uh, allusions to that part of the United States sure. um, in that album. Um, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Virginia and um, specifically uh, King George County, which neighbors uh, like one of the Civil War towns, uh, Fredericksburg. And I think in that northern, northeastern, like, um, you know, Rappahannock and Potomac rivers, just kind of like the riverbed area of that state. There was always bluegrass and there was always folk going around. And it was like stuff that was always around me. And I, you know, like I was a kid and I was just like, Oh man, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I really like this stuff. Um, But like the, the instruments were interesting. It's just, I only heard it in that realm. And I think uh, with, I think Pine Grove was the first and, you know, I can, speak for days about my influences i'm very open about you know who i like and i love what they do um but i think they were probably the first or at least one of the first uh groups or artists that uh, made like the banjo cool for me um especially like lap steel slide guitar 
those like windy background instruments. Um, you know, that, that's really what it was for me. There was definitely the lyrical aesthetic to it, um, the way it was organized, you know, song structure wise. But I think just uh, those two things, like uh, the banjo and slide guitar, I think until I had listened to them, I really uh, didn't give those instruments a chance. And then, you know, once that happened, it kind of opened my mind uh, a lot more. So I think as far as that goes, they were definitely huge as far as it was like them and Boney Bear. I think those were the two groups that like actually kind of opened my mind to like, hey, you know what? How about we try something different? You know, something I'm not comfortable with <laughs> and get comfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, ab- yeah. absolutely. I think those are, yeah, those are great examples like, of two artists that, that do that. And they introduce some some cool instrumentation that you maybe wouldn't normally think to uh, incorporate. And Pine Grove certainly did that with the banjo stuff, and and some of their time signatures that they use too, and, and the way that they <laughs> choose to to just drag a song at certain points. I felt like some of that bleeds into what you do as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember like one of the first songs I heard by them was like six four or something really weird, and I couldn't figure it out like. I was trying to just like you know like lap drum along to it you know <laughs> i just remembered like my junior year of high school i had found that song and i was like oh yeah how's this go and i was like what the hell like i was trying to count it out and everything i was like all right this is weird and different but i really like it um so what are, what are your music beginnings when did you start playing music um i think Around uh, when I was 16, um, that's when I finally picked up guitar. There was definitely my brother, uh, my brother Connor. Um, he was uh, the first in the family to really do instruments. Like my dad had always like played harmonica and like done some weird trumpet stuff, uh, but he's his own character. Um, my brother was the first one to do guitar. He's seven years older than me. And I think for a good portion of like that middle, you know, nine to 12 years old part of my life. Um, I always kind of looked up to that and I was just like, man, it's super cool. And like, I wish I could, you know, play guitar or do anything musically inclined. I was a very late, well, late in my opinion, but like just kind of a late starter with music. I didn't really get around to it till I was like, uh, probably 15. Um, I had always kind of done poetry in a sense, uh, like I'd always kind of like written things that rhymed (laughs) or, you know, yeah, written things is rhymed. Uh, it's like a more loose term for that, I guess. For sure. Poetry. Um, but you know, just kind of getting the hang of writing something that has structure that that's always kind of been a thing, but yeah, the guitar didn't happen till like, I was probably like freshman in high school and then, you know, but like once I stuck with it and I give him all the credit for helping me stick with it. Cause I think, um, yeah, growing up, there was probably three or four failed attempts to learn guitar and I just gave up. And then like the last time he was just like, yeah, you know, if, uh, <laughs> if it was easy, everybody would do it. And like, that's, that's kind of cliche advice, uh, looking at it now, but at the same time, I was, I just remember thinking like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it's just kind of going with it. So, uh, yeah, he, he definitely gets the credit for that one. Ever since I've just been running kind of wild with it and I, I really love it. It's, it's definitely grown on me. 
But it, it was not something that came naturally to you then when you first picked it up and tried to figure out. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> it was, oh man, there, there was a lot of, um, I feel like everything that I've done musically, because I didn't really grow up musically, you know, it was just, I, I grew up with sports and like sports was my thing for the longest time. And then once that kind of stopped, I was like, I need to find a new thing. So yeah, there was definitely a lot of growing pain with like practicing to, you know, a huge extent because it, it would just frustrate me when like I'd hear a song that I really liked and it's just like, man, I wish I could just play that and then, you know, just endlessly try um, to make it work. And, you know, eventually uh, I was able to do that uh, to some extent. Um, I'm still kind of bad with guitar, but <laughs> it's still it's still growing on me a little bit. And I think especially singing, singing took me a long time to get comfortable in terms of like, yeah, I would show like this song that I made to somebody else. There was a huge part where I would, you know, the voice cracks and that kind of prepubescent voice, I guess <laughs> the word for it. You know, there is definitely some growing pains with that and finding what I was comfortable with as far as range and everything. Yeah, it was, it was an entire process, but I think uh, when I talk to people starting music now, uh, just kind of like down here in Monterey or elsewhere, wherever I've played and talk to people, I always just tell them, I'm just like, you know, uh, everything I've done musically has always been practiced. I, I was not, uh, you know, I, I just didn't do it growing up, but I practiced to a certain point to get comfortable and, you know, I, to an extent, you know, like everybody can do it, you know, that's, that's kind of what I've grown to find out. Cause I did not think I would be doing music <laughs> where I'm at now. <laughs> For sure. Um, I had a similar experience with uh, the guitar situation and, and a similar path with the sports. So those, uh, when I got my first guitar, it was, it was around freshman year of high school and when I picked it up and realized that I wasn't just going to be able to pick it up and start playing the things that I wanted to play, I was so yeah. discouraged and just pretty <laughs> much put it down very quickly. Yeah, quite, quite frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and kind of had a couple runs of that where I just never thought that my fingers would be able to move or, or stretch or you know just get into those shapes. And, and yeah. a, a lot of a whole lot of that, but but like you said, it was just finally having the kind of discipline to pick it up every day and and really learn how to mm -hmm. do it. And it was just like, oh, I can kind of play this thing now. Yeah, no, I I totally emphasize emp ooh, excuse me, <laughs> emphasize with that. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely. Uh, you know, I emphasize with that just because it, it totally is one of those things where, you know, you're struggling to stick with it for the longest time. And it's just you you hit some brick walls every now and then. And even when you get to that intermediate level. Um, but if, it's any, if there's anything it's taught me, it's that, you know, you pick it up again. You just kind of pick up right where you left off and you eventually get it. For sure. So right on for you and keeping keeping <laughs> on it, man. Um when you started to get more comfortable with it, was the priority for you to use it as 
a tool to like write your own songs or did you kind of just want to learn how to play other people's songs? Um, I think, I think I've always kind of, you know, uh, I think I've always gone for writing my own stuff uh, because, you know, like I said, I had that background in poetry, like probably late elementary to all the way through middle school. So when I finally had like a musical outlet to put it on, it was, it was kind of cool. It was like, well, I could try that out, but if I sing it or if I played it uh, for people. So that's always been like a huge uh, part of it. Um, but yeah, I think when it came to learning it, the instrument itself, I definitely was like, you know, I was doing the whole thing where you look up how to play Blackbird and you don't actually get the notes right, but it sounds close enough and you don't even know how to tune the thing, but you can magically play Blackbird. <laughs> For sure. You know, and, you know, you're just kind of messing around with it. And, uh, yeah, no, the I think... For the longest time, it's it's honestly been writing for I'd say seventy five percent of it. Um, too many ideas to kind of just jot down on paper. I, I was very not committed to anything <laughs> at the beginning, but you know that's another thing that kind of takes practice. Yeah. Um, and what about as far as your comfortability with sharing the songs that you were writing? Were you, were you like pretty comfortable? Like, had you shared your poetry prior to the songs? Uh, no, not really. I, uh, you know, it would just be like something I'd work on like in between classes just to kind of, this, this sounds awful looking back on it, but to like not pay attention to what was actually going on. Oh no, I totally in the classroom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. It was just one of those in between little, break things um you know i I'd, I'd always been interested in language and how the structure of things work uh you know just kind of the formulas that people approach to like evoke a certain emotion out of something and i don't know that's just always something i was kind of messing around with and um yeah i don't know it's i don't think i really showed it <laughs> to many people i think I finally showed some music that I recorded on like a voice memo app, probably like sophomore year of high school. And then, you know, people returned positively about it. They're like, you know what? That's pretty cool. We had this uh, King George high school variety show uh, like my sophomore year about like four years ago today. And I was like my first time performing in front of anybody. I did like a head in the heart cover. Nice. Um, on a, on a 12 string guitar and you know a baby cried during it and it was just like a whole mess but <laughs> uh, yeah it was it was definitely an interesting time but looking back on it even though I didn't like feel great about it at the time like I'm I'm very happy that I did that and it just kind of reinforced um like everybody that's like new that I made it open mics now like I really try to make sure that everybody's kind of accepted and has that positive feedback because you never know like you never know like how much drive and commitment that person has and it might just like inspire them to keep going with it. Uh, so it, cause that's definitely how it turned out for me. I don't think I would have been here today if I had a lot of support along the way. So, and that's not even saying I'm <laughs> huge or anything. I'm just happy to still be making music because I have no idea what I'd be doing right now <laughs> if I wasn't making music. For sure. And just, uh, just the acknowledgement of, 
the uh, the courage it takes to to go to that first open mic or that first yeah. talent show, you know, to share something that when you're just like a very green at at playing in front of people is is a pretty vulnerable thing to do. So oh, for sure, yeah. It's uh, it's cool that you have uh, acknowledged that and uh, tried to, uh, you know, keep keep it a warm environment for those people. Yeah, no, it's like I said, it's it's just you know, I think, and I think that's the cool thing about the music scene in general, um, as opposed to some other. I'm not sure how it works with the other art communities. That definitely learned a lot about the other ones but i think just in terms of the amount of support somebody gets for just going up there like take for example comedy like i've I've watched some of the comedy open mics and like if you screw up that first time like it can be so unforgiving people will be like what the hell is that and you know it never feels good to bomb but i feel like you're if you bomb quote unquote bombing music like nobody cares and like that's something that's always struck me as odd, but like really cool at the same time. It's that, you know, everybody everybody's accepting of you. Even if you were completely new to the scene, like I have been for a couple of uh these past few years. Um, you know, everybody it's just naturally an accepting environment. And I always think that's something really cool to embrace. Yeah, absolutely. Um is Roger the Rover your first release as a songwriter and musician? Um, no, I used to go by my, um, it was just by my birth name. It was uh, Brendan Dean. Okay. Um, for a while. And I did some band camp kind of stuff that's like still out there. <laughs> just kind of lost the time. But uh, yeah, that was like my high school thing all the way up to senior year i i went by brendan dean and um some really cool folks that just released uh their second album i want to shout them out real quick because they helped me make a brendan dean album they're called lake alden they're math rock um they're in virginia right now and they're extraordinary and they were also a huge part of me uh as far as you know developing into songwriting and i think uh you know, Brendan Dean had one album. It was called Jigsaw. They helped out a bunch with that. Um, I hung out all the time with those guys. And they kind of, that's kind of where Roger the Rover kind of started, I guess, because it was the first time I was like writing songs I like actually really liked to play <laughs> as opposed to just like, oh, you know, I wrote this thing, but that's about as much connection as I have to it. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it used to be Brendan Dean. And then, um, I moved out of Virginia. I went near uh, Buffalo, New York, and that's uh, where some shit went down. <laughs> and long story short, uh, like I was like, "How about I just do a character?" Because I don't want to just be about me in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, so I came up with the moniker, and it, I don't know. I've kind of stuck with it, even though it's really hard to spell. <laughs> People have given me some flack for it, but you know. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's an it's an intriguing name, you know. It obviously like comes from somewhere, and I, I do like the idea of the moniker, and and obviously kind of like represents a fresh start from your songwriting at this point, rather than where you started. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, speaking like of Brendan Dean's songs and kind of what they felt like, it was just kind of weird, angsty, high school-y stuff. And like, they're, they're okay songs. They're still out on the streaming services somewhere. Um, but, you know, it's, I think when I, it was kind of like you said, it was definitely a new page for me. And I think uh, there was definitely like a roving aspect to how I was feeling at the time um, and how my life had taken shape with like a brand new beginning. I had never moved out of state before that. So it was like to do that on top of living in a house by yourself and just like kind of in the middle of nowhere, Western New York state. Uh, it was definitely like, you know, it was definitely a roving adventurous, but also kind of dreary, uh, uh, experience. And I think like I had thought about it in relation to art and I was like, kind of, I don't know. I just kind of thought of Greek times, these people that would like go around just telling stories and like, uh, long tales to different villages and towns and stuff. I, I feel like I was kind of doing that to each person I met by the time that was going on. So that's where, and then I just added some alliteration and I don't know. Voila, voila Roger the Rover. <laughs> <laughs> and I put an exclamation point just because uh, another one of my influences, Andy Hole, did it for his project. He put an exclamation mark at the end of Right Away, Great Captain. So I was like, hey, I'll just do that as a nod to him because he was probably like my first influence ever. I first picked up guitar. Yeah, that's a that's a very cool nod to someone to uh to make that incorporate that in your title and whatnot yeah um that's a that's one of my favorite parts of uh that song losing everyone when you when you do the i don't know why <laughs> why i decided to move out of state like i, I love that part yeah <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know why because you know i think uh you know the high school the high school word me was just like man this is Riverbank, Virginia. I'm not doing anything. I need I need to be doing something. And I had like built up all these relationships. I had grown close to so many people in that past year. And, you know, they'd you know, they'd always ask me, they're like, Why are you leaving? And I'm like, Because the this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's and it's like you don't actually know why it sucks. You just feel like you should be doing something better. But that's right. That's so arbitrary and vague. It could mean anything. So when I by the time I got up there, I was like, what the hell did I just do? I just had everything, <laughs> you know? And I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think especially for that song, I wanted to focus on, like there's definitely some uh, autobiographical content in there, but I think that's just something everyone can kind of relate to. They're just like, I don't, I have no idea why I did this thing, um, but I'm still here. Um, and it's like, I can, I can try to change it mentally all I want, but reality kind of stays in the present tense and, you know, you, you can't really do anything about it except live in the moment and just kind of move forward with it. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Story with that. Yeah. I think it's very easy to, to feel like the grass is greener on the other side, you know, another one of those brilliant cliches like you know and have that urge to just like want to get out of where you are and whatnot but yeah man i just dig like some of the the delivery of like 
the stream of conscious nature of it sometimes it just kind of feels like these random thoughts that are that are being spit out and i really dig that that part mm-hmm. of it and uh yeah thanks it, man absolutely yeah. So did you just like not really have a trajectory for like what you wanted to do post high school? Like what were you going to, to New York state to, to do? Um, I was really just, see, that's kind of the thing. That's kind of the point of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like, no, idea. <laughs> I, I really didn't have an idea. It was, it was truly just a moment of, you know, I feel like I shouldn't be here right now. Like, I feel like there's more to the world and I was, and I was right. There's definitely a lot to experience in life. I, I definitely, you know, kind of to quote the the song roads. It's like, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I wouldn't go back and do anything differently. Um, but the pain of it was all still present tense and I was still just trying to grasp like, yeah, why did, why did I do this? Like yeah. I, I was in such a great situation. I could have just stayed there done the community college thing, you know, stayed around some folks that love me. And then, uh, I just chose not to do that because, uh, I don't know. I, and I also feel like there was a self finding part of it that I needed to do. Um, be, like for the reason that I wasn't sure what I was doing, I kind of needed to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, th- yeah. And I just, I think that's an, something that also is, I wouldn't say a new thing, but something that a lot of people my age are very challenged with sometimes is we, we have no idea what we're supposed to be doing. And I think anyone that's gone through the high school pipeline can kind of <laughs> understand, you know, you get your future shoved down your throat for, you know, four straight years. And then at the end, you're like, oh, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> not not even knowing if that's the thing you want to do. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of reckless, kind of directionless <laughs> in a sense, but it, I guess it worked out. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, like it informs your experience, so it's uh, you take what what you can from it. But um, the letters record, it's all is that all kind of informed, like from the explanation that I found. It's all kind of like this you speak of this, this three state journey that informs mm-hmm. the songs that you wrote. So is that just like home of Virginia and then New York state? And then what is the the third that fits into uh, that? Uh, the third is, uh, when I came out here to California, um, which is where you're at now up in correct. Monterey, Monterey, California. Cool, uh, cool Monterey. spot. Yeah, no, it's, it's full of great people. It's a, surprisingly great music scene especially for the open mics they got the east village open mic it's like a little coffee shop you get great feedback for your stuff uh anyone that comes down through monterey uh if you don't have a gig or if you just want to show some stuff off like go to the east village uh coffee lounge they've got a great environment set up there and people will be very receptive of your stuff but uh yeah speaking of the letters journey, I guess, uh, if we're calling it that, um, Virginia was kind of the starting point, uh, Rhodes kind of starts off in Virginia and it's that drive that I made up, uh, when I moved up to, uh, near Buffalo and it's just, 
it's almost kind of like the hero's journey circle where, you know, you're just kind of thrown into the unknown and you're like, Oh, this is going to take some getting used to like, I don't recognize these places anymore. Uh, and kind of all the comfortable stuff that was in your surroundings are just kind of stripped away from you. And you have no idea what to expect other than you're just on an adventure and it's just kind of fun in the moment. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the starting point. New York State kind of, uh, or at least the song format of New York State, I, I kind of depicted a lot crueler than it actually was. There was definitely some good times and memories in New York State, uh, but I definitely emphasized the trials of um, kind of like the loneliness and stuff like that that I dealt with up there. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say like, probably about track five onward is about, you know, I finally get out here and I'm a good, at least six months to two years removed from that situation. And this has kind of been my reflecting ground for a long time. So I guess it kind of follows um, that sort of structure where it's, you're going into something and then you experience it and then you reflect and all of that. Um, Yeah. I'd say that's the main setup i'd say yeah uh, the uh um, can't remember <laughs> <laughs> the latter half of the record those are like where my favorite tunes are from like letters on i mean victoria and canvas are definitely uh those are two of my favorites as well yeah also uh victoria vi uh formerly victoria sanders did the leaf cover art um uh, inside of the east village uh coffee lounge so shout out to her real quick but yeah um i feel like especially the last three i was like all right i i hope i hope i have something cheery for this because you know there's not a lot of balance in between happy and sad in the first half it's very like cutthroat and to the point in a in a sad sense but uh yeah i think um like those three songs, especially Victoria and Canvas, they kind of summed up uh, like the biggest things I learned out here. Um, you know, Victoria, um, you know, that's the tale about, you know, when she came to visit me in the hospital um, and I had, you know, I was um, once again found in that directionalist uh, state of mind that I had experienced uh, prior in a different location. And, uh, you know, she came and visited me every day. Um, and she made a point to take time and spend it with me. Um, and even though, like, like we, we aren't dating or it wasn't anything like that, it was just platonic, um, I think, like, the lesson in that that I learned it was just, like, you know, people do care around you and, like, one person can really make a difference in someone's situation. And I, I think that was a very uh, powerful time for me and something I needed. And then, you know, uh, Canvas is really a song about songwriting <laughs> in a weird sense. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out when the whole Letters album was going on. It was actually the the first one that's like not a demo that was really truly written for the album. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out like what the closing track would be, like what my closing words would be to this entire thing. 
uh, this entire mess that I've thrown a potential listener into. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it just kind of stuck out to me that, you know, there nothing, there was nothing really to say. Um, I think, I think artists get pressured a lot about, you know, they want their song to be perfect. They want to be perfectionist like I wanted to be, or they want it to come off a certain way, or they have an emotion that's just kind of like trapped in their head and they can't, you know, extract it or, you know, add weight or meaning to it. And, you know, I was trying to figure out like what to do. And then it just, it just kind of developed into like a song about, um, you know, sometimes you can't extract it. Sometimes like the best thing you can do is like actually experience it and not worry about what cool metaphor goes with you in the moment. Like just, just be on the beach, <laughs> just enjoy it. Yeah. And just be present. <laughs> look at, it. look at the moon. Don't worry about, Oh, what rhymes with? No, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> just experience that shit. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. man. Uh, so. it's, uh, I, I really enjoy all of the, uh, imperfect moments on the record. I think that the, like the rawness that it, it captures <laughs> is are the things that like I really dig. It just seems to have just like a lot of character and, and authenticity is like kind of what drew me into uh, the songs that you're you're writing for sure. That's awesome, Dan. I, I actually I really appreciate that because I think this album was almost not released because of the uh, imperfections of it. <laughs> Uh, like I'm, I'm still on my journey of learning how everything works. Because uh, this was pretty much, you know, as DIY as it gets, I guess. Bedroom recordings but, and whatnot. Yeah, bedroom recordings. No one else worked on it. It was like literally just me. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like you know, and that's not even an ego boost. That's just to illustrate. Like I was super frustrated with it. <laughs> like I knew it. I knew it was not top notch, even just, you know, mastering alone and panning. I was like, Oh my God, like this better get done on new year's. <laughs> like it was, it was procrastinated and like none of it was done, you know, correctly as one would say. But, um, you know, it, I kind of, I kind of just accepted it. I was just like, you know what? It's, it's the whole, I guess that's like the whole point of me. It's like, I don't really, care but in a good way like you know there's i wanted it you know these songs had traveled um through house after house um and like i i had always played like house shows when i was away sometimes like bars and open mics but like i i kind of wanted it to be personal and not really like radio ready if that makes sense i i kind of wanted to take uh someone on a journey when they're just kind of by themselves, uh, got the headphones in and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, no, that's awesome to hear though. It was definitely a huge <laughs> blockade for me, um, yeah. when deciding whether or not to release it all. So that's awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm super stoked that I, that I found the music. Um, let's, let's get into the, the title track off the letters record. This is, uh, yeah, definitely one of my favorite songs in the, the catalog of music from Roger the Rover. And, and this is uh, this is Letters. All my friends are living different places, some of which I couldn't quite recall. Goddamn, 
while on jet lag still arriving I was closing my eyelids in California thinking of New York and the way things rearrange a year and change from mattress floors to winding up feet back on the ground the strangers that became the names I write these letters for the shadows that loom over the sound you're still smiling Decided from this moment on to take on everything at once and swing the door wide open for you. And I'll be smiling. glad i stumbled upon the tunes and like that's uh just one of the the killer things about the the internet connecting people with the music thing and and people being able to find like art that is being released on on such a you know ground level and that not everybody has to have that label support or something to get their their songs heard by people right. and, I, and i don't really know why i stumbled upon your you know <laughs> your instagram ad like i don't i don't know how all the you know algorithms hey, work out I and just... whatnot but, but, <laughs> but like when i when i found it i was intrigued right away so like when something like that happens even if i'm not 
around to listen, like give it a full listen. I'll just add it to my iTunes stuff real quick so that I listen to it later. And, uh, and I think it's just really cool that like, that we can find music that way. That doesn't have to be somebody that everybody, maybe even a thousand people don't know about your music yet. Maybe (laughs) I'm like one of those first thousand people or something, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, um, and I mean, I kind of grew up in the digital age of music where everything, you know, it's, it's distribution companies that, it used to be a pain to try to get it on Spotify or iTunes or anything like that. And now it's like, it seems like there's at least five services that can do that for you with, you know, very reasonable pricing for someone that's just kind of in their room <laughs> making a song about leaves or whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> you, know? you want. I mean, it's the, it's the same thing with putting this podcast out. You know, anybody at this point, can put a podcast out on and have it distributed by by iTunes for a, a relatively like inexpensive fee. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like the other half of it too is uh, you know, speaking about people finding your stuff, there's there's definitely a democratic aspect to it. Like uh, you know, like it didn't when I finally listened to uh, you know, I started going back through previous episodes with your podcast and like um, you know, just kind of getting a feel for what today would be like. And, you know, I was like, it didn't even surprise me that you had like over a thousand Instagram su- subscribers and 200 some ep- episodes. Cause like the work ethic was that apparent. And like, even, uh, the way you approach questions and, you know, just how the environment was feeling like, you know, it's, it's, it's no surprise, <laughs> uh, damn, like, <laughs> Like it's no surprise, like why um, it's working out for you. So it's super awesome. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. That's very, very cool of you. Yeah, for um, sure, man. Keep, keep it going. Thanks, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this thing <laughs> rolling, and and now I'm figuring it out in in uh, under different circumstances of of this whole new you know quarantine situation. Oh and yeah. It's kind of a it's a weird situation for me because I'm still kind of going to work on a daily basis. And uh, not yeah. just hanging at home with nothing to do, which is it's kind of nice that I'm able to get out of the house every day. But just trying to figure out, you know, how to nail out all, all these phone interviews down and and try to get them to uh, a quality that is enjoyable to listen to is <laughs> uh, is something that I'm really trying to figure out because I've done I've done quite a few phoners in the in the past couple years with. Um, you know, people that are not in the Portland, Oregon area or Pacific Northwest area or someone that's not really coming through on tour. And it's, it's always great to connect with those people, but just trying to figure out how to make the the sound quality be what it it normally is for a regular episode and stuff. So it's, it's, uh, working out the kinks, but it's, uh, it's fun to still be able to do this in a time like this i guess yeah no it's it's definitely it's definitely confusing from an artistic um standpoint it's it's sad and kind of scary um in general outside of it but i think it's you know it's it's allowing you know people like you and just artists everywhere to kind of get creative and still find ways around it i mean i know we were still going to do this by phone anyways because of distance but 
I think, um, especially now, um, you know, it's, it's gotten a little bit more challenging, but, uh, you know, like you said, you've, you've done it before. So yeah, Dan Cable finds a way, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) um, he's presenting it. That's what it says in the title. (laughs) I'm present, I'm finding a way to present every week whether you like it or not he is presenting (laughs) a lot of people they probably don't give a shit but i'm presenting this every friday (laughs) (laughs) um so what what brought you uh out to california uh i i had uh, enlisted in the navy um um when i was in new york state i you know did the whole fun thing the whole fun check-in procedures of how you enlist and all that stuff and uh, there was a command out here in Monterey that I came to, um, and pretty much since Christmas of 2018, I've been out here. Um, Roger the Rover was kind of just background stuff for a while. I was super busy. And then um, probably around like November uh, when I was like, you know what, I'm finally going to just make the album because I'm not sure if I'm leaving Monterey. And I always wanted to do that here with the folks around me. Um, kind of like around November, that's when it kind of became a project where it kind of took up all my free time, but I had no qualms with doing that. Um, but yeah, no, I've been out here for say like a year and year and some change. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty interesting. <laughs> um, within the structure of like the the navy life are you able to do you end up with a lot of kind of free time to be able to work on music or whatever you want to mess around with um it's it's very much uh you know like roger the rover for a good portion of um the recording process for letters especially um was you know, like a weekend warrior project of, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm getting this done. Uh, cause there isn't really, um, you know, for, for short commands, you know, it, it's more like that Monday through Friday job. It's, it's not like being deployed, but there's still like not a lot of time. Um, and even kind of smaller stuff that I had released before letters like, uh, the Virginia and elsewhere EP, that was just Memorial day weekend. Uh, a friend and I, went up to visit some people in San Francisco and I was just, I was just like, for no reason, I was like, Hey, can I record stuff when I get up there? And they're like, hell yeah, let's, let's do it. So, uh, that was just an apartment album. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> like a, a tambourine and dual guitars, I guess. Yeah. That, uh, San Francisco song is one of my favorites of yours too. I just watched that video right before we jumped on the phone. I was checking out that <laughs> video that you put up for that. And, uh, is definitely digging that tune quite a bit. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's kind of weird to, because even you know that was about uh, May of last year, but I feel like this project's kind of changed sound so much already. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that was that was a fun little EP that I did. Uh, you know, and that was like the first time that I'd gotten to record like the songs that I never got to record when I was in New York state. And that's where that kind of became the concept of like, uh, you know, like, like songs are almost like messages. And sometimes those messages don't really 
get a chance to be sent or said to people or, you know, that sort of thing. So that's kind of where the concept of the letters album kind of began was with that EP. Just like, man, like I've had these songs in my back pocket for so long and I like almost gave up on them <laughs> if it wasn't for Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> fooling around in San Francisco. This might not have happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know man i think a lot of the songs have this moment that i kind of look forward to each time i put it on knowing that this moment is going to come like on uh in letters it's the part where you where you yell he kept on smiling after you're talking <laughs> about caleb fucking around in the forest caleb Boyle. <laughs> i um, hope he's listening to this in virginia <laughs> that that was uh that's definitely like one of my favorite moments in general. Just like that whole chunk of lyrics and, and uh, music is is one of my favorite yeah. moments on the yeah. record. I think, uh, yeah, that specific verse deviates from one of my favorite stories about Caleb, um, you know, and kind of like the idea of the types of people that were on Alden Road in King George, Virginia, part of the bands like Alden, that entire environment. It, it was like nine different people but we all just kind of came together as community and uh like really good friends and there was like one night we were just camping outside we were spending the night outside it was like like spring break or something and he had like you know we were just messing around at the fire and i see him with like a big ass stick i'm like what are you doing with that He's like, I'm gonna light it on fire and we're gonna like, you know, summon Satan or some shit. And I was like, No, we are not doing that. And he, he sure enough, he was doing it. He was waving it around like a flare. And I was, you know, that's the that's the trail of light illuminating the circles and stuff. And I was just like, he was trying to summon Satan. <laughs> and I was like, and even now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why am I putting Caleb summoning Satan as a song verse? <laughs> you know, and, you know, sometimes I can't answer it, but like, I think usually the conclusion that comes to is uh, sometimes the anecdotes and the stories kind of speak for themselves. And it's kind of a show don't tell sort of thing where sometimes all you need to do is just, you know, tell a story. <laughs> yeah. Like really it, weird way. it doesn't require any sort of explanation, really. It's, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's a few years later he still has explaining to do i don't know what that was all about but yeah for sure <laughs> um and then you you just uh released this other collection of tunes on your band camp the letters that i thought i'd send but never will uh, yeah talk to me about those songs where'd those eight come from those eight have kind of followed um I guess ever since Roger the Rover was a concept in my head, they've, you know, they've kind of, you know, collected as the journeys come to, uh, well, I guess when it finally got released this past New Year's and uh, in New York State, um, you know, like I said, I kind of use songs as letters or messages sometimes. And in New York State, there's the line of, uh, you know, contemplating wordings to the letters that I thought I'd send, but never will. And it's kind of, again, talking a little bit about songwriting and like, you know, and how it can sometimes, uh, you know, symbolize uh, what you want to say to somebody or what you need to say to yourself or, you know, even just 
simply as art. I want to be able to express something or express pain or expect, uh, express love, um, be able to do those things. So those were eight songs that were either written um, around the time Roger the Rover started as a concept. Um, and, you know, the recordings can span anywhere from, you know, when I actually lived in New York to when I finally got out here and was able to work on them. Some of them are just uh, kind of silly, <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to kind of have a little bit of B-sides for whoever felt interested uh, to check it out. Um, you know, and I don't know, it kind of, it, it definitely like when I was compiling and it showed me, uh, like just kind of how much my writing style had changed even in that like one to two year window. So, um, yeah, that's, it's just kind of some B-sidey, um, origin stuff, I guess. But yeah, check it out if you want to <laughs> see the songs that were unfinished and <laughs> given up on <laughs> and almost forced into the album, but not really because <laughs> they were awful. <laughs> I'm I, really good at marking this. <laughs> I, uh, I listened to it a few times through earlier today. And uh, yeah, just again, appreciate the just the raw energy of the stuff and just the, the very, you know, lo-fi recordings of everything and like foxtrot was that just recorded outside near a road yeah so uh speaking of um you know speaking of like pine grove and bony vera when we started this whole thing off i one of the things i noticed or kind of picked up on um is and it kind of translated to what i want roger the rover to be about uh it's kind of just wandering music and it's it's very you know that song specifically, I I had lyrics for it, um, and you know I I was out here. It was like this past June, um, and I was just kind of sitting in my room, my barracks room, and I opened a window and put you know I just put a microphone outside and see what recorded for like uh, two and a half minutes or so, and then I when I hit stop, I was just like, all right, now let's try to put music to this <laughs> and i was like i don't even know how i'm gonna make a, a bird <laughs> sound interesting but uh, Dude, i don't know the bird sounds are fucking wild <laughs> so good they're, they're super annoying out here but uh no they're there's it's definitely a cool um thing about this area is you you know i try to i think for that song specifically um you know I was kind of like amazed with this area and just like how, you know, something as simple as audio can like feel different in different spots because of like, you know, I had been East coast my entire life. Like there's not really seagulls <laughs> in Virginia or anything. For sure. and there's, and there's not really, um, in some aspects, just the way sound bounces off of things. Like, I don't know. It just, it felt different in it kind of I, I wanted to capture it for that one um the singing was never added but uh i think like as it stood by itself it was definitely one more uh interesting things i tried <laughs> um in between but yeah yeah i dug it as an instrumental track and i think be, like it's such a unique track because of all the background noise that you capture in in just throwing the microphone 
outside <laughs> like that, you know? It's it's something that, that can't really be manufactured in some way. So it's it's very cool. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Raise and Resolve, those are like the songs that close it out. Those are definitely two two of my favorites of your tunes as well. Those are those are great songs. Thank you. Yeah, those those were two. Um, you know, the, it kind of goes chronologically as far as like uh, the set list goes for that album um, or the track list, I should say. Uh, so like the those last two. Um, or like the ones that almost made letters. I, I think those two songs specifically, uh, Raise and uh, Raise and Resolve, there was definitely a lot of uh, bickering um, amongst myself and myself <laughs> on how to get that into a letters album. But <laughs> after a while, I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to force it. You know, it's, it is what it is. But um, yeah, Resolve kind of was going to be the closing track and then because it kind of sums up everything that i had experienced and learned um and i think learning's a huge part of the letters album so but yeah i i guess i kind of gave up on it but then now it's available (laughs) so (laughs) forget all the trash i was talking about it (laughs) check it out it's out there it's out there to listen to it's out there I was stoked that you you put out some some more music. It was it was good timing as we were uh, just about to uh, to do this today. So it was nice to uh, to have something else to to kind of dive into and kind of inform things on my end of uh, of the songs that you've been writing the last few years. Yeah, no, it's and I think you know there's um, there's a little bit of mystery to this whole Roger the Rover thing. Like I, like even out here in Monterey, I, you know, my name's Brendan, but like everybody's like, Hey Roger. And then, you know, halfway through my set, I'm like, Hey, I'm Brendan Dean. I'm from Virginia. This is Roger the Rover. They're like, wait, what the hell? I thought you were Roger. And that's just a whole confusing mess. You're just like, Roger's Uh, the guy that was on stage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's there's definitely been an anonymous feel. So I think, um, especially, you know, I didn't have like any footage of me recording letters or any of the process of what that looked like. So I think the best thing that I wanted to do, that was like a behind the scenes, was just kind of um, highlighting everything that, I'd, you know, f- and even for like my friends back home who are like, letters sounds really like different from what you've done, you know, and like they... They never heard any of like the in-between stuff for those two years or whatever. So I think just in general, um, it's a good like, I don't know. It just kind of felt healthy and natural to put something in there that was, you know, it's kind of like the placeholder in between all my writing. So, yeah. Right on, dude. Well, like I said, I appreciate you uh, to jumping on the line and being willing to... uh, share some stuff about your tunes and, and where you come from and whatnot. No, no problem, man. I'm, like I said, uh, I am very grateful for the opportunity. Like I, this is the first time I've uh, like done something like this and it was just so natural, but uh, it was so naturally uh, done by you. And um, 
thanks thanks for magically finding <laughs> the video that I specifically only marketed to the West Coast. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how it found you, but uh, I'm glad it did. And uh, it's really cool to learn about the podcast too. I've been throwing on the episodes when they reel out. So right on, man. Um, what is your uh, what's your quarantine situation like? What is your your current status like i i am trapped on a <laughs> traps not a good word um yeah i'm gonna do that question over real quick <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm on you know i'm just on the base um you know we're we're not really uh, allowed to go off um it's <laughs> Stay at homes kind of advertised to people on Instagram, but we didn't even need to listen to Instagram. It was just told yeah. <laughs> to us to not <laughs> to not go anywhere. Yeah, man, um, it makes but, sense. You know, that's yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. I'm not. I think everybody, you know, is missing freedom and they're missing connection during this time. But I think it's also important that everybody recognizes, uh, like obviously safety and lowering the curve and everything is priority number one. Um, and I think if there's any positives to take from this that I've really noticed is that, um, you know, I've, I've kind of learned in the past few months that like, I don't know, just to kind of like take after like the little things and like really kind of recognize them and appreciate them. Uh, and I think, I think it's been a good time for everybody to do that because I think once everybody gets back together, the artists start collaborating again, and more importantly, like just friends in general start hanging out with each other. Like, I think it'll be in an on a new page, so to speak, and it'll be really cool to see everybody have like a refreshed realization of how cool connection is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and dude. everything like that. Absolutely. There's only so many games of Scrabble you can play on your phone. Trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to get through this, but yeah, it'll we'll be okay. I, I have faith in that. Right on, man. Well, uh, we're gonna play this thing out with uh, with New Year's, which is the first track off of uh, that new collection of tunes that you just put out. And this is definitely one of my favorites out of that collection. Right on. Yeah, that's a really old song. <laughs> <laughs> um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guests saying the tagline for the show, which is "It's a program." So if we could get <laughs> if we could get the Roger the All Rover, right. it's a program. Then we can we can properly sail this thing out. All right, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of a way to do it. One, two, three. It's Dan Cable Presents. It's a program. <laughs> it's Roger the Rover. <laughs> he nailed it. Uh, thanks again for jumping on the line with me and definitely encourage people to uh, to go find your tunes wherever they're available if they uh, if they dig what they hear. And I will put the uh, the links in the episode notes so people can, can follow you up. And uh, we're going to play it out with New Year's. That's the Jelly Jams. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Here I am, the 25th, six days until the new year comes 
It's a program.